Hey y'all, this is Mel Offlerbach, and you're listening to Season 3 of Green Juice and Tequila. Hey y'all, this episode is being sponsored by Wild Folk. Wild Folk is an Austin, Texas-based company, run and owned by a woman, of course, And she has really created this self-care and connection with your mind, body, and spirit. It's really, truly this mystical apothecary, and it's a one-stop shop for all things herbs, flowers, crystals, and so much more. The one thing I really love about Wild Folk are their aura sprays. I am definitely not that girl that wants to wear a bunch of toxic chemical filled perfumes i'm all about like okay give me the most beautiful simplistic simple essential oils that have this like earthy and floral smell and i i'm sold and that is the one thing that wild folk does such a great job at their aura sprays not only are filled with beautiful flowers and herbs and the smells are amazing she infuses them with crystals like how amazing can that be? So if you're in like some weird funk with like COVID quarantine, maybe you've moved houses or maybe you've got out of a toxic relationship or maybe you just are struggling with like stress and anxiety, I completely and utterly recommend getting yourself some of these aura sprays. It just boosts your mood and you just feel so much better when you're in this realm of self-care and love. And not to mention Wild Folk also being this beautiful sponsor for the podcast here, Green Juice and Tequila, they are offering 10% to all of you. So all you have to do is go check them out on their website, which is linked in this episode, and you get 10% off using the code Green Juice. So trade in your toxic chemical-based products and go get yourself some clean, high-quality, beautiful aura sprays that are completely charged with moon crystals. How amazing can it get? And thank you, Wild Folk, for being a sponsor, and we cannot wait to use more of your products. Well, hello, y'all. This is Mel Offlerbach, and we are in season three of Green Juice and Tequila. And you guys, I'm like so pumped for this next guest that we have on. She is just this go-getter from Dallas, Texas, of course. She's a mom of three, and she started a rosé wine company, bomb name, y'all, rosé gold, rose gold, and she started this company back in 2017, You guys, I can't even wait to hear this story. I'm always so curious when people like start wine companies, I'm like, how do they do this? Like, what are the first steps and what motivated you to even go into this direction? So I've got the beautiful Casey Barber on today. Thank you so much for being here, Casey. Thank you for having me, Mel. I'm so excited. Me too. Well, girl, let's just like kick this off and just go right into it. Like, give me a background you know, who you are, where you're living. Tell me about your family for a hot second. And then let's just jump in and and tell us your story on how you started this awesome wine company. Okay. Um, Well, I am living here in Dallas. I moved here about a week after 9-11. So I've been here quite a while now um, and really have lived within probably about a 10 block radius of the same place the whole time. Love Um, it. 
Yeah, and I have three kids. Uh, Sam is my oldest son. He's 13. My middle child um, is Charlie, also a boy, and he's 11. And then I have a daughter who is nine, and her name is Gigi. I love Gigi. That's such a great name. I love it. So we're... It's good. They're 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 good and and we're all, you know, they were they're happy to be back in real school and not zooming and Gosh, I'm and right. We're happy to be kind of opening back up here in Texas and things are really starting to rock and roll especially here in Dallas. So it's it's good. It's it's really it's a it's a good time to I feel like we're going into the summer of 2021 20, with um a lot of high hopes and a lot of people itching to get out and be outside and be together and gather and drink yep. rosé. And so drink rosé, like sister. Drink rosé. Gosh, and like traveling rose. again. And yes, so, exactly. So your background, you were actually a nurse, and then you took a little bit of a break to raise your kids and decided to launch Rose Gold. Like, I'm so curious. Did you like have a bad glass of wine and was like, I can do this better? Or like, what was this, the motivation? No, I think it's the opposite. I think I I love Provence Rosé so much. So I I think, you know, to really get the full picture, we kind of have to go back to the to Genesis, to the very beginning. So I had my very first glass of Provence Rosé on my honeymoon in the south of France in my early 20s. Um, and it was one of those wonderful experiences where you're, you know, looking out at the Cote d'Azur at this beautiful blue water and, um, you're, it's just a gorgeous surrounding, beautiful tan, you know, French people, as far as the eye can see, um, everyone's enjoying this, you know, beautiful pink salmon colored wine and, um, and I, I had my first glass there and I remember it was very, it was, it was just not that particular moment was transformative, but just the whole memory for me is very, um, happy and sunny. And, uh, it, for me, that's, I feel like the way most of my memories of drinking Provence Rosé are, which is kind of the impetus for why, um, this whole thing came about. But I, uh, I like to laugh and say that my love for Provence Rosé lasted but the marriage didn't (laughs) (laughs) so anyway here we are um so I I I was I was a family nurse practitioner um for you know a hot minute in my 20s and and then once I started having kids I stayed home and so through my 30s um they they were my three main patients I guess you could say (laughs) and um and then you know I I got divorced towards the end of my thirties and I still had three young kids. So I stayed home with them for a while and I did not have, you know, some vision of creating a wine brand or owning a wine business. This was certainly not at all. You know, I feel like I listened to a lot of, um, I'm kind of a podcast junkie now where I listen to a lot of female entrepreneurs. I I love it. They're just I've so inspiring. Like you get on they're fire. They're so inspiring. Yeah. And I love, I, I mean, I, I just, I feel like I sometimes I'll get with one and like go down a rabbit hole on it. Like I listened to every single Kendra Scott one, you know, she's not from Austin, but we like, you know, we claim her as Austin and, and just her story is so super cool. And then, you know, Amy Stedman, another Austinite doing beatbox and, 
um, you know, super goop. And I, there just are so many cool female entrepreneurs that I admire so much. And I've listened to their podcasts and I always am so, I always, you know, I'd love to hear kind of like you were saying, I love to hear their stories. And, and so I don't have a story of, um, oh, I had this vision that I was going to create this sunscreen company and, you know, bring sunscreen to the masses or something like that. It was truly more um, that I loved Provence Rosé. And it was my favorite varietal to drink no matter, um, you know, what it was offered. I always preferred, um, even in colder months, I still loved to drink Rosé. And so I had a name. Honestly, that was kind of how this whole thing started. And um, I knew someone in the wine business and and I said, I really want to make my own rosé. And he said, well, I know people, you know, I can help you with that. And I didn't really know that that was a possibility or how that worked. And I think it's like for anyone who decides that they want to create something or do something new, well, you find people to help you mm-hmm. and you research it yeah. and you, and you go and you, and you figure it out. You don't necessarily reinvent the wheel, but you, you kind of, there's, there's people out there who have done this before. It's like, you know, if you're Kylie Jenner and you want to, you want to make a lipstick brand, well, you reach out to people who know where production facilities are that make lipstick and, you know, so it's, it was kind of like that. And so anyway, he introduced me to some people, um, and what ended up down the road becoming Rose Gold as it is today, but that's kind of how the whole thing started. But, but I said, I have, I have a name, well, I have see, a name for Rose. And, and what he ins- was like, well, what is it? What is, yeah, like, I was like, what is, yeah, of course. I was going to say like, what inspired you to find and well, come that, up with your name? Like, I feel like there's a story wish, behind that. that. Was, well, I wish there was some, ama- I mean, you know, I wish there was some amazing podcast worthy story about it, but you, the truth is, is that all of my jewelry was rose gold. And oh my gosh. I, mean, I love it. I was like thinking, I'm like, so, this is like liquid gold we're drinking right now. No, and it is rose no, gold. It was, it was because all of my jewelry was rose gold. And I said, I think rose gold would be such a great name it's for so a rose. Brilliant. And so, um, that has proven for me so far to be true because most everyone is like, what a great name. Um, and so that, that just was kind of how the whole thing started. And again, I was not sitting there going, Oh my gosh, I want to produce, you know, tens of thousands of cases of rosé and, you know, take over the world with, you know, a wine company. It it was more like the reality was, Hey, I want to have a rosé that appeals to me and my girlfriend's. And so, you know, I want it to be a certain flavor profile and I want that very, you know, pale pink Provence color. Yep. And I definitely want it to be, um, an AOP, which is a certain level of grape. Um, and I definitely want it to retail for under $20, um, which it does. It retails for $19.99 and I want a twist off. Yeah. I want a self enclosure. Because I want my friends and I to be able to walk out on a patio without looking for a wine key, open up a bottle, and if we don't want to finish it, we can put the cap back on and stick it in the fridge. And so that those were kind of the things that, for me, were like, that. that's what I want to make, and that's what I think my friends would like. 
and so there wasn't like this big vision of I'm going to put it in a restaurant or I'm going to have it on a shelf at a grocery store. Um, but that was kind of, that was kind of how it started. I and love so, that. And I, you know, I've yeah. read and I've seen articles around winemakers and how important it is for them to like be there with their grapes and see the production and be part of that. What was kind of your experience? Cause I know I read in your bio that you actually ended up going out to Southern France and being able to see and be in person with some of these processes. Yeah. Um, well, now it's nice. I've been enough times that I have really good relationships with all of those guys. And, uh, you know, I I love my winemaker, Florian LaCrue. He's wonderful. He's been great to work with. He listens to me and he understands um, the vision now that has kind of come from this. That You know, I guess I'm a true story of I didn't have a vision, but I it came into very crystal clear focus, you know, within the first year. Yeah. And so, um, that, that's been a wonderful thing. I have amazing producer partners in France that are lovely to work with. And yes, just to clarify for those listening, I do not own a winery. I do not own vines. I do not own a chateau. It's none of that. Um, this was truly me partnering with, with um, farmers in, in Provence and buying the grapes that they grow. Um, they're, they're, you know, it's a truly a, a beautiful product of their labor um, and, and, and working with a, uh, a bottling facility there um, in Saint-Tropez. And they, uh, it's just been, it's been a wonderful experience um, once I worked out all the kinks in the beginning, um, it, it's, I feel it's, I'm very settled in with this group and it's, it. it's just, it's really, really nice. And, you know, I think that it's super cool if you have your own vineyard and your own chateau and your own winery, I, I admire those people so much. And I always laugh cause I'm like, I mean, I'm nowhere near, uh, what those kind of with the, and I have friends, you know, that in Napa that I've made through the course of this. And, and it's, you know, I just stand in awe of all that they do and what, what goes into, you know, the production. Um, so I, I go over about twice a year now, 2020, we didn't get to go at yeah, all, obviously, of but, um, I like to go for harvest and see everybody and kind of be there when they're bringing the grapes in that are going to be rose gold, which is really super cool. That is so cool. Um, yeah, to stand there and, you know, some well, and somebody that doesn't even speak any English. I was going to say. Bundle of grapes and is like, here's your senso that's going into your wine. And it's very, you know, it's a, it's definitely a grounding emotional connection for me to you know, or it, it was in that moment. I didn't, I didn't know how it was going to feel, but when they handed it to me and somebody said, those, that's it, that's rose gold. I just, it was like, wow. It's like your little babies um, in there. Like it's yeah, very, like totally. this emotional connection. Well, and the, it comes from the amount of, um, just the amount of, I guess, blood, sweat and tears. That I was going to say the, it the energy end, in there it, that, that makes, yeah, that makes, that, that made that moment for me just very poignant. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and then I like to go for bottling. Um, it's not necessary, but it's just, it's a, it's a couple of nice times a year to really be involved for when, um, Rose Gold is, you know, being made and, and being put into production. And, um, you know, it's, again, 
I've had such a wonderful experience with, with the way that I do it. And I know that's not the way that all, that all lines are created, but for me, um, you know, I've, I've built a brand that I didn't anticipate was going to ever be anything more than some friends of mine drinking wine around Dallas. I love that. Like I remember, so I went to Southern France a few times and I just feel like the wine there tastes so much better. And I just feel like the the quality is way different than it is in the States. And so I'm just curious, like when you decided, okay, obviously you have this like this emotional, amazing connection with Southern France and having that first glass of wine. But for those, like when you go to a, a, a wine store now, it's kind of overwhelming to pick and choose a bottle of rosé. Sure. You're like, there's from California, there's this. Can you like specify maybe like what the difference is between getting a wine in Provence and how amazing that is in comparison to maybe some other regions, whether it's in the States or other parts of France. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, I think in general, this may be a gross generalization, but I, I tend to feel like you, you either have kind of an old world palette or a new world palette. So old world, meaning you, you tend to gravitate towards wines that are grown in France and Italy and um, you know, that where it's, a little bit more, you know, we like to say dirt on the, on the juice. It's got a little more terroir to it. It, You can definitely taste that, you know, people that don't have an old world palate that love more of a new, you know, new world, um, vine will say, Oh gosh, that that's just, it tastes so much like dirt on it. And that's, you know, that's very, I think you either like that or you don't. Um, not to say that you couldn't appreciate and like things from other, you know, other regions. It's just for me, I think I have always enjoyed, um, the old world style of wines more than, than new. Um, you know, I I think that there's a lot of beautiful rosés in all, from all different kinds of regions. You know, you've got Spain, you've got South America, you've got obviously California, and, and they're, they're just going to differ because you've got grapes grown in different, um, environments, uh, weather, you know, it's definitely, a it's an agricultural product that is, um, impacted by the soil, uh, by the, the surroundings, by the, by the temperatures, by the terrain, whether there's rocks in the soil, whether there's not. And so every one of those little nuances goes into someone's, to someone's wine. And so, you know, you might find that, I would say generally you'll find that rosés from California tend to be um, a little more brighter in color, a mm-hmm. little more fruitier. Yep, I was going to um, say sweeter. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and so, I, you know, and then with, with Provence rosé, it's definitely got a um, – it's, it's more dry. Yeah, so the, the which style, I love a dry rosé. That's like my favorite. Yeah. And, and for those listening, you know, dry just means less sweet. Um, and, and you might find that, you know, California rosés tend to be a little bit on the sweeter side. Um, that's to not to say that they're all that way, but it, it can be. Um, and <laughs> Provence rosés are typically a little, are, are going to be drier. But what grapes do you use to create your dry taste? I know you, you talked about like a lighter, paler pink color. Cause there's a lot of rosés out there. You're like, that one's really dark. I've learned from like my, my rosé girls who 
you know, I've learned a lot from them over the last years that they're like, we want the palest, lightest rosé and we can find anything too dark, so a little too sweet. So what grapes go in to make that color? So um, rose gold is 50% Senso, and that's spelled C-I-N-S-A-U-L-T, and 50% Grenache. And those are both two red grapes that are grown specifically for um, blending into rosé in the south of France. And so they're very typical um, red grapes that you'll find in rosé in that region. Um, There's always other things that can go into it, obviously, depending on, um, you know, how your winemaker you know, makes the rosé, but for us, it's Grenache and Senso. And, and in terms of the color, I mean, I think it's always kind of a fun little, you know, lesson in how rosé is made. For those that don't know, um, I've heard everything from, oh, it's a blend of a red and a white to get the pale pink. And um, it, it, that's not totally uh, the case. So really, it's all about skin contact. So the mm-hmm. amount of time the skin, well, you know, Think about if you were to get a red grape from the produce aisle at, you know, the grocery and you were to cut it in half and look inside of it, the juice on the inside of a red grape is clear, right? right? Yeah. Um, And the same if you cut open a green grape, the juice on the inside is the same color. So then you ask yourself, well, how are we getting to that, you know, deep, vibrant, violet color of a Merlot or a Cab Sauv? You know, it's the, it's the amount of time that the skin on the outside of that grape stays in contact with what starts out as clear juice. And that gives it its color and then in turn gives it all the different complexity and flavors and all that. And so with rosé, with rose gold in particular, our skin stays in contact with the grapes um, less than 15 minutes. Okay. So it's it's a it's a it's a just a kiss of of color. And so that's how we get that super pale Provence pink. Oh my god, it's so and your bottle is so beautiful too. Like I think Thanks. that's another like, you know, I think huge thing for for many entrepreneurs is like you can have this amazing product. But no, if nobody knows about it and you don't market it, it's going to be really hard to be able to grow the business and to share what, you know, you put your blood, sweat, and tears into. So side note, your bottle's beautiful. Your marketing is amazing. Like, how do you grow a business in a sense of um, with something like wine? Like, how do you get it out there to start getting people excited about it? Well, um, I think that the best is just to kind of tell you the story. Um, I, so this, when the very first container of wine came over in, it landed in May of 2018. Um, and when I tell you that I had no idea what I was doing, I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) Um, so I had, um, you know, I knew somebody at, at RNDC, which is Republic National Distributing Company. They're the, they're one of the two biggest distributors in the U S um, and for, for wine and spirits. And so um, it was truly just a, a lucky moment in life that, that someone there knew me and was willing to take a chance on uh, distributing rose gold. And so, um, you know, I think something that a lot of people don't know is kind of how the um, distribution system works when it comes to wine. So TABC um, or Texas Alcohol Beverage Commission has a three-tier system. 
So you've got the supplier or me who brings the wine um, to the distributor, which will be your second tier. So we, we essentially sell all of our wine to a distributor. Um, um, this is obviously kind of a 30,000 foot view, but then they <laughs> then have, they hold all the inventory and then they, along with their sales force, you know, and then distributes the wine into retail hotels, restaurants, bars, country clubs. Um, and so then that's the third tier. So, and then those people then turn around and sell it to the customer. So I think, you know, I don't do direct to consumer. Um, you can do that in California and some other States as well. But, um, here in Texas, I have to sell all of my inventory to my distributor. So I think there's some, there's a, a myth that like I have a garage full of rose gold that I can just, you know, people ask me all the time, can I buy some directly from you? And I'm like, well, A, that's against the law because I don't, I don't have a liquor license, but B, no, because TAVC of all of my inventory is held by my distributor. So, um, I think sometimes that's just an interesting oh, side that's note. that's so interesting. Know. I had no idea. So how it works. Yeah. You know, it's, it comes, it's several steps to get it from the, the winery to the, to the grocery store shelf. Um, so, so I, I had uh, back to the kind of the, how does this, how did this happen? Um, and this first container had, you know, 1100 cases of rose gold on it. Oh my gosh. And I didn't really have a concept, I think of how much that was or, or really that, that there was some sort of urgent timeline to get rid of it. Um, until someone said to me, you realize, you know, you're not going to sell all this wine off of their floor, off their warehouse floor. And I kind of thought, Mm-mm. Okay, well, now um, I'm scared. And so yeah. everything then from that point forward, and I think I probably still do this, I have just operated out of fear. Oh, <laughs> fear of fear of <laughs> fear of not selling it all, not getting rid of all my inventory every year, or fear of fear of, I don't know, failing. I don't know, but it's it it was a um it was kind of a aha moment when I realized like Hey, I need to get all of this inventory sold and off yeah. their in order for them to give me another purchase order for me to bring more wine in it next year. For yeah, because if you don't sell it, you're going to have to have a huge party and get everyone like super drunk and yeah, bottles after bottles. Be like, we are going to be drinking rosé for the next couple months if this doesn't yeah. work. Well, and this yes, and that and talk about a. a financial meltdown oh, but yes, that was that was kind of the the you know moment of clarity in that very beginning like the first you know couple of months of yeah. just you gotta hustle oh my gosh what am I gonna do yeah and so because I didn't have a plan and um wasn't really sure how I was going to deplete all that wine I I just started putting bottles of it in the back of my car and I had a yeti in the back of my car no way and I drove around to every restaurant that I had been eating and drinking in here in Dallas for the last 20 years that I had a relationship with either the owner or the chef or the, you know, the front of the house, somebody that would get me in and let me let someone taste it, you know? And, and so I think I got a lot of eye rolls walking in the beginning. Like, what do you mean you made a rosé? Like, what, like, what are you doing? What, this is not even your background, which was obviously very valid. And I said, I did, I made this rosé and it's called rose gold. And 
I don't want you to do me a favor by putting it on your menu, but just taste it. And if you like it, you just give me a chance because my friends and I will come drink it. You know, that was kind of the, and that was the truth. I really, at that point, that was all I was doing was let's put it in some, you know, let's put it at Shensei. Let's put it at La Bill Bouquet. Let's put it up on Knox. Let's put it at Alvernay's. Let's put it at Chelsea Corner. Like all the favorite places my friends and I would go to just to hear in my neighborhood and we'll go drink it. Yeah, exactly. And so that was kind of, um, that was truly how it started. And then I, you know, there was nowhere in the beginning to, to buy it. And so I had some friends that own um, a little grocery here you may have heard of called Royal Blue. And um, so they are uh, the, the, the Dallas Royal Blue. And, and they, they, I said, you know, I know you guys uh, have a lot of wine on your shelf, but if you would just give me one little facing to where I could put some rose gold so that I could send people here to buy it because I don't have a place, you know, at at this point there, it wasn't anywhere else. And so, and they said, sure, you know, and yes, I tasted it and really liked it. And, and, and so the, the fun story about that, that we kind of laugh, we laugh about today now, three years later is that, um, from year one, Year over year, month over year, month, I've been their number one selling wine in their wine department. That's amazing. And that's a little bitty, you know, independent um, wine store, you know, right here in in Dallas. But it's what's been crazy is, I mean, the the amount of wine we've sold out of there strictly for people just coming and looking to 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 buy rose gold because they tasted it somewhere. And so that, that was the beginning of that. That's huge relationship with them. And and that's obviously it's, it's in more places now, but that was kind of how it started. And so year one, it was in a handful of restaurants and one, you know, um, a couple of independent places here in Dallas that sold at retail. And then, um, next thing I knew, um, I was out of inventory before the first year was up. That's amazing. And that so was, was in 2019? 18. 18. And wow. so they said, well, can you make more? And I said, well, yeah. And so Girl. I went back Girl. to France and said, okay, um, well, we've sold out of the very first container before the first, I mean, we sold out within, gosh, I think we ran out of inventory by October. That is so, so amazing. So from May to October, we sold the whole container of wine and it was, and it truly was just a, a, an organic word of mouth. Yeah. Let people try it. I gave away so many bottles. I gave away so many glasses. Just like, try it, try it. Like, I just wanted people to taste um, really good Provence Rosé. Um, and and so that was kind of, and, and it was the right price and the right, yep. you know. You did it, it good, girl. It hit on a, a lot of cylinders for people because, again, I made what, I felt like my friends and I would want, and it resonated with people. It was so organic and authentic. And I think it always, that story there just tells you about the power of being part of a community of women and a network of women who support you and love you. And then you have that, plus you actually have like a legitimate good product. Like it's unstoppable. Like that's organically going to flow in that direction. So I think that's amazing. I love the fact that you created it solely because you're like, 
I want good wine. I want my girlfriends and I to enjoy it together. And now look, yeah. a couple years later, you guys yeah, are. So it, that was, you know, and one thing to speak on the, you know, the female entrepreneur community, it, it's been something that has definitely become close to my heart that I never would have had, you know, really probably a whole lot of, um, knowledge or affinity for in the past other than, you know, just, Oh, you know, fellow girl, let's go. It, it means so much more when you're in those shoes. And so, um, one thing that I've tried to always do is anytime we've had to outsource anything, whether it was a photographer or an event planner or, um, a graphic artist or a PR person, or I'm like thinking through all the women that are now involved. I mean, every single time I have just vehemently said, I, I want a female, I want a female. And honestly, not because I don't love my, you know, fellow male, uh, you know, it, it's just, for me, I feel like it's such an opportunity for me to give back and give business to people that are giving it to me. And, yeah. and, and when we, there's been so many super cool collabs that I've done with other female business That's owners. So cool. Um, and, and it's just that in and of itself, like it just, it's this feeling inside of you that you've never had before when you're standing around with a group of other women who have also been grinding on their own businesses, going through their own trials and tribulations. And, you know, and you stand there and you're like, okay, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. And, and there's just so much, there's so much energy when you're mm -hmm. in that group that it's just, it's such a good thing. And so I've just tried to capitalize on making sure that everybody that I'm involved with um, has, has been a female owned business and most okay. of them are small startups and, yep. you know, just grinding like, like, you know, I am. And so that's been something I've really loved being able to, to, um, cultivate and be a part of is that whole female based, you know, community. And, and it's, it's, it is out there and it's yep. strong. It's it is. Cool. Women entrepreneurs are the most impressive, multitasking, hardworking women. And then if you throw momhood on top of that, I'm like, they're unstoppable. I've, I mean, I've been part of uh, the Women Entrepreneur Network in Austin and I've talked to actually some of the women who started like one of the first venture capitalists just for women. They only invest in women businesses and hearing statistics and knowing like behind the scenes how only 2% of women's companies actually have investors and people who take the risk. It's not even a risk. It's like liquid gold in your back pocket if you hire a strong ass woman who knows what the hell she's doing. But it's, yeah. it's a really hard industry to get the support and the story up front and the front lines of it all, unless you've got like people behind you putting fire to the flames. And it's like, you got your back and we're going to push you through this. And, you know, I think it builds confidence as a woman too, when you're an entrepreneur and you've got a couple girls on in your back pocket saying, this is good. Keep going, keep going. So I love that story, girl, your wine is so beautiful. Um, I wish I could get a bottle up here in, in Colorado. I need to, I, back in Texas, I'm going to have to snag a bottle and we'll have to you drink can. one together. Wine.com. Wine.com oh. ships red gold. Stop yeah. it. Oh, I'm doing yeah. it. I've got so many people coming to visit this summer and sitting on my oh. back patio with the mountain okay. views, drinking. A yeah. Hell that's yes, that's happening. Well, sister, I always play a game on my podcast called 20 Questions. 
And this just gives everyone the opportunity to get to know the real you aside from this like amazing, successful winemaking entrepreneur rock star. So do you want to play this game with me? Are you cool with it? Okay. So these are just quick, easy answers. There might be a couple things that you can kind of go into deeper detail if you like to. Okay. 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 I always start with this one. Are you a coffee drinker or a tea drinker? What's your jam? Um, I, I order the same thing from Starbucks anytime I go, which is almost every morning, not every morning, but it's an iced venti two pump classic, no water green tea. Oh my gosh. I love it. So you're green tea. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Most embarrassing moment. It can be from any era of your life. Gosh. I know. Oh. This one's always the fun one. It always comes, this, it always pops up in my head, but I mean, it's such, so horrible that I stood in line in the fourth grade because at the time, you know, you would line up to ask the teacher a question. And so I did what I knew to do, which was to stand in line to ask permission to go to the bathroom. (laughs) And um, by the time I got to her desk, I think the stomach bug had fully <gasps> taken hold of no. me. And I couldn't even say, can you know, Miss Miller, I remember her name, oh. Rosemary Miller. Miss Miller, can I go to the bathroom? Because I think I'm gonna throw up. I just proceeded to throw up no. all of her desk. Oh, that is totally a top embarrassing moment. Yeah. I mean, like all over back in the day, I mean, there was no computer, so it was like grade books. And I remember her <laughs> everything's grade books. like saturated. All of her children, like all the grades. And I mean, I threw up all over. Casey. It was, mm-hmm. it was, uh, that, yeah, that's that a- one stuck with me. I, I think I probably have 1,000 more embarrassing moments, but for some reason, that's like childhood trauma right there. That is total t- childhood trauma. Yeah. Okay. I know I'm like, this is a silly question, but are you a rosé, white wine, or red wine drinker? Uh, Rosé. Uh, 100%. Uh, biggest pet peeve? Mm. Biggest pet peeve? Gosh. Um, I guess probably being late, oh, whether man. it's me or other people. Mm-hmm. That's my I, biggest I, pet I'm peeve. I'm always annoyed at myself when I'm running late, yep. but it's also, I have. A, I guess it's a pet peeve when other people are also late. Girl. I feel you on that one. Okay, favorite food. It can be like a guilty pleasure or you know, something you always like to get. Favorite food. Probably sushi. So, same here. Yeah. Um, favorite reality TV show. Do you watch reality TV? Um, you know what? I I'm I am I do not watch reality TV, but I have been a tried and true Keeping up with the Kardashians watcher from the beginning. And I don't know if it's like the momentum of the fact that I've been watching them from day one. And so I've kind of just like, and it's one of those shows that it's like so mindless that I can check email and scroll my phone while it's on in the background. Um, I feel like we're soul sisters right now because literally I don't watch any other. That's the only one. But for one reason, it's like, I just, I, I think their personalities are funny and oh my gosh. all the characters are funny. Like they've kind of developed into like these funny characters I, to me. And I, I don't know. I just, that's 
for whatever it's worth, I know there's a lot of opinions about the Kardashians. I, I, it was a very kind of sad moment the other day when I found out that they were ending after 20 seasons. I thought, well, that's, I know you're like, well, how am I going to be able to keep up with how am them? I keep up with the Kardashians. Exactly. Well, am I going to keep up? Oh I my don't gosh! Know, I know. I was kind of sad, but no, I'm not a. I'm not a, really a TV watcher at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I do that, it's like a binge moment where, yeah. like, I have a minute where, you know, I'm alone in the house for several hours at a time on a weekend with no kids, and I'll be like, well, I think I'm going to just cozy up right here on the couch and binge some Kardashians, and so. That sounds like a magical night. When my husband's out of town, that's what I do. I'm like, I'm going to drink my glass of wine, eat sushi in bed, and watch the Kardashians. That is really, I mean, we should hang out. A hundred percent. As I'm starting to go through this, I'm like, man, I need to come to Dallas. Okay, what can you not live without? Can't live without this. Oh, well, I mean, my phone? Is that, does yeah, that can be, a, absolutely. I, I do everything. I, it's like, literally, it's a, it's, it's a computer in my pocket. I know. I know. I, 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 I think people, that's a horrible, I wish that I had a better answer. And I think that people. Girl, it is what it is. Look forward to decompressing and unplugging and turning their phone off. And I'm just like, how do you do that? I mean, I run my entire life and three other people's schedules off of my phone. Yeah. And I just, I don't, yeah, I guess everything would grind to a halt. Yeah. I had my acupuncturist. He told me yesterday, actually, he's like because I run my business, everything on my phone. He's like, make sure you rotate your hands on holding the phone so you don't like start getting arthritis in your fingers. Yeah, yeah. So rotate it out. So if you're righty, maybe trying to do on left. It's really hard though. I was like, screw it. I can't type with this hand. I'm I'm voice texting now. We really are soul sisters because I'm going to acupuncture tomorrow. Are you? (laughs) So funny. Favorite beauty product? Hmm. Favorite beauty product. Mm-hmm. Like, is it the makeup item I can't live really? without, or is it a skincare? It can be either one. Mm. Like, if you were on an island and you had to pick one beauty product to bring with know. you, well, would I it mean, be? if I was on an island, it would have to be sunscreen. I'm a freak about it. Oh, there you go. So, I'm vitamin C. Vitamin C serum uh, is like yeah. my jam. Yeah, sunscreen. Yep. Yeah. Lo- love can't. it. Okay, self-care practice. Like, what do you do for self-care? And if you don't do self-care, maybe this will motivate you. Oh, no, I do. Okay, good. Yeah. Three. I'm with three kids and everything else I have going on. Yeah, that's, there's the the one thing that I try not to miss doing for myself every day is some sort of movement for, you know, at a minimum 45 minutes. Um, So I have kind of a, rotation of classes that I take here, um, in Dallas that just keep me interested and keep me moving. And, and then there's a wonderful female owned meditation studio down the street from me that opened last year, um, called breathe. Yeah. And it's awesome. And so I like to go in there and she covers me with a blanket and put headphones on me. And I like, will sit there and listen to the magical. Mm. Yeah. Or I'll go lie in that crystal therapy bed and mm. oh yeah. No, it's it's a it's a cool it's a it's a I cool bed. I love that. That is like Yeah, she's ugh. pretty it's pretty awesome. Oh, I want one of those, like right now. 
Um, okay. Most sacred possession, like something that you own that's so, so important to you. Mm. I don't think I have one. I don't have anything I own that's so sacred at all. I kind of I mean, like that though. No attachment. I like I, the other day, um, a friend of mine's house flooded and she was talking about what she had to grab when she went out. And I was thinking to myself, well, what would I grab? Um, I mean, you're like, I'm going to grab my phone. <laughs> in my yeah, my phone. <laughs> um, photo albums, I guess, yeah. of my kids. I, I don't, I don't even have a bunch of that anymore because everything's digital. All the photos are on my phone. Um, so no, I don't, I don't have like a piece of jewelry that means anything or, um, any, I'm looking around right now. I'm like, I can't think of anything in my house that would be my prized possession. Hey girl, so, that's okay. Yeah, my three, my three kids, yeah. I guess, or to say my three favorite humans. Yep. Hey, that's, that's can be, that can be it too. Speaking of favorite yeah. humans, top mom moment. It can be a low moment, a high moment. Top mom moment. I'm glad I haven't had a ton of low ones. They're so sweet and they're so, I feel like, just wonderful and easy. And I, I don't know how I ended up with three personalities that are just, they're just, for me, I don't know. They get along and mm. tell me that they're each other's best friends. Oh, I, don't, I, love I, don't that, I don't know how that worked out, but it did. Um Top mom moment. Gosh, I don't know. I feel like anytime I, I think my top mom moment, I kind of get one every day because when I pick mm -hmm. them up from school and they get in the car, it's like my favorite, it's like my high of the day. Like if you do high lows every day, my high is always picking them up. Mm. Even at this age, like I still just love for them to get in the car and they all are bubbly and have stories to tell me about whatever they've done. And, um, but I, I think anytime, like, I've been at a, a sporting event or a dance recital or something that, you know, they've performed and they've done well or done their best and they are proud of themselves and, yeah. and I can see them, you know, exhibiting sportsmanship or leadership or when they get an award at Boy Scouts. I mean, any of those things that they're doing and involved in, I mean, those are all top mom moments, I guess, for me. I love that. Maybe that I have, like, some pinnacle moment yet. Maybe maybe that happens when they graduate from, like, college or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I love no, that. I mean, I just feel like they're – that's all – I'm happy to say I have a lot of nice top mom moments all I the time. With them. Just, they're they're good. It. They oh. come in every and say I love you so that's a top mom moment I, I love that okay girl are you a mountain or an ocean girl ocean but, but let me clarify okay because I want to get in the ocean I don't really want to even touch the sand I want to sit by a pool that looks out at the ocean so I'm more of an infinity person like I want to see the pools just kind of meld into the horizon yeah. but I don't want to be in the water because no. I don't know what's going on out there same here yeah of course I don't want to be touching my feet mm -mm. So this, I get in mm -mm. a lake for this reason either like I can't there's I don't if I can't see my toes oh, yeah. like not happening so I can float like you can put me on a float in some okay. water and I'm okay because then, you know, my appendages aren't dangling to where somebody's going to, you know, mm. like water moccasins. Oh, no, no. Star, no. 
alligator. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's growing up in Texas and the fear of things in the water or yep. what, but like jellyfish, like, no, yeah. I can't do it. And so I don't really, like, I'll stand at the edge of the ocean uh-huh. and let it kind of lap up over my feet. Yep. But I don't want to, I'm not into submerging. Hey, girl. My we are cut from the same cloth somehow. I know. Same thing. Um, what's your zodiac sign? I'm a Sagittarius. Love it. And, okay, most awkward moment on a date. Mm. And it doesn't have to be a you awkward moment. It can be a them awkward moment. I don't know that I've had one. Um, well, you're like, uh, that, that was weird. I don't know that I've had a date in a long time. Oh, <laughs> let's no. With that. Um, <laughs> let's see. It's been, it's been a minute. I've, gosh. I know I don't have a, an awkward date moment story. That's sadly. okay, girl. That's okay. Okay, yeah, if I were to open your bedside table, I have two more questions. If I were to open your bedside table, what am I going to find in that, in your drawers? Well, so that right now, um, I have literally like 15 books about entrepreneurialism, small mm-hmm. business, finance. Like that literally, they're stacked. It's stacked so high in there, I can barely shut the top drawer. Um, and then what was the other one? The last question is, yeah. So if that's, if you've got your questions, like you got books in there and that's great. You're super green juice answer right now. (laughs) Well, it's, you know, I wish I could say that I was depleting that drawer because I was actually reading them. Somehow or another, I just keep ordering more because I'll be like, oh, I need to read that. Oh yeah. And I'll bring it in like Amazon delivers it and it goes in the drawer with the rest of them. And I always think. I'm going to get through these. You're like, I am, when am I going to have time? This summer, I'm going to have all this time to sit and read while they're at camp. It never happens. No. Books on yeah. audio has, has been a game changer for me because I'm the same gonna, way. I'm going to have to move. But see, I like to underline and take notes. Yeah, I know. I, I literally have a highlighter and especially yeah. a book that's like really inspirational or I'm getting really yeah. into it. But I, I like margin notes. Yes. I yes. put to the front cover and I make notes all in the front cover. Because so you like can... remember it when you do it like that. It's me. Yeah. Okay, my last question. I ask everybody this. Are you green juice or tequila? Tequila. Of course you are. I love it. I can't stand anything green. Like not food-wise, but like a beverage that's yeah. green. It, it's something about the color. It's like I can't mentally get past it. I can't get when past you it. and I, I get together for you and everything, I just can't get past the green, whatever's in there. And I love I, like individually, I'll eat spinach salads, yeah. kale, broccoli, all the things that go into green juice. But girl, I just cannot drink it. Yeah, hey, I'm like okay. I'm I can accept that. I will say though, if we were to get together, I may sway you into trying a green juice and tequila mix and it would taste good. Mm. Green juice is kind of my jam. Okay. I am so grateful that we had this time together. It was so wonderful to talk to you and meet you and hear your story. And I, how can the listeners support you? Like, where can they find your wine? How, you know, can, what's your Instagram handle? Like, tell us what we can do to support you. So, um, if you're outside of the States that I am in retail, the best bet is wine.com. Um, if you're in Texas or Louisiana, you can find it at Tom Thumb, Albertsons, and Randall's. Love it. 
if you can also find it if you're in South Texas in HEB. And um, the Instagram handle is at Drink Rose Gold. So D R I N K R O S E G O L D. Love it. And girl, I mean, y'all, their Instagram page is so beautiful. Whoever does it's doing well, a good job. That's, I will say yeah. that that's a kudos to another it's female, so Rachel. Yeah. Um, she has, and Maddie, they've done an amazing job. And I, it's kind of fun to look back at how, where, so I still have at the very, very beginning bottom, if you scrolled all the way back three years ago, not that anybody would or have time to do that, but it's the original, like my original Instagram posts, mm-hmm. right? Cause I did my own Instagram up until January of, um, 2020. And so, yeah. so it's all of like every shot by me from my phone, like that, it was such the organic Instagram. And now I open it up, you know, and I don't even ever, I don't even look at it. I don't check the messages on it anymore. And I, you know, if I see it, it scrolls by on my own feed. Like I'm not on that page managing it anymore. And it's kind of fun to be like on the outside, just looking to see what comes up when it does. Or like at the top, if there's a story from Drink Rose Gold, I'm like, oh, I wonder what's on the story today. Oh, I love that. But Rachel's doing so, a good job. It's so Rachel beautiful. And Maddie, yeah, they, those two girls have really taken the Instagram and social media for Rose Gold to another level. And it's so like professional, you know, it's so beautiful. And like all the color scheme is the Mm -hmm. same now. And I laugh because I look back, I'm like, look at my ratchet Instagram. I started (laughs) and now look at it, look at what it's turned into. So that is such like one of those little moments of triumph where I'm like, you know, wow, I started with this ratchet Instagram and, you know, 70 restaurant placements. And now it's, gosh, we have over 600 places That's that it's amazing. on the list. Girl, you're doing it. We did it in 13 states. So Congratulations. it's been a wild ride. I love it. Well, y'all seriously go and support Casey and Rose Gold. I would, and like drink it, buy it and tag them in it. So everyone else can see too. And I'm totally getting on wine.com and getting a couple bottles myself. Like it's starting to get warmer here. I'm like, oh, that's all you want is a nice cold light glass of wine. So girl, thank you so much for coming on today. And I can't wait to see what more you do with this and we'll keep following you and y'all. I'm just so grateful. So thanks again. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for trying Rose Gold. Of course. All right. Bye, y'all. Have a wonderful day.